0: good evening uni church my name is celeste and i'll be reading the bible today we have two readings tonight the first of which is taken from matthew 28. then the eleven disciples went to galilee to the mountain where jesus had told them to go when they saw him they worshipped him but some doubted then jesus came to them and said All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Our second reading is taken from 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1. Paul, Silas, and Timothy. To the Church of the Thessalonians in God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so you became a model to all of the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescued us from the coming wrath. Thanks Celeste. G'day everyone. Uh, my name's Sam. I'm the pastor
1: here at UniChurch. It's great to be with you tonight. And um, we're in the last of our come follow me series thinking about the journey of discipleship that Jesus calls us into and we've heard these different kind of calls that he extends to us. We've heard Jesus call come follow me. We've heard Jesus call remain in me. We've heard Jesus call become like me uh, as we looked at the journey of sanctification last week. And now tonight we're looking at a kind of a final call of Jesus to go. The call to go. We're going to focus mostly on the first of the readings that we had there, uh, that passage that's often called the Great Commission. So if you're the note-taking kind of person, uh, you might want to scribble all over that as we go. They're really famous words of Jesus, uh, and they're words that he spoke to invite his followers, to invite us to take our place in the most extraordinary global project that's ever taken place. God's plan to spread his gospel to every corner of the globe. So it's my, it's my prayer for us tonight that each of us will, will hear this call of Jesus and that we'll obey it. It's my prayer that all of us will increase our vision for the role that God grants us in his great gospel project. Whether that's stepping out to, to share the gospel with one person beginning to support Global Mission going to the ends of the earth yourself. So let's focus in uh, on those verses in Matthew 28. Have a look at verse 16 uh, at the start of the passage. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. So this passage is happening after Jesus' resurrection, right? This is the end of Matthew's gospel. Uh, but right here at the end of his time on earth, Jesus calls his disciples and are back to where it began. Back to the, the scrubby hills and the rocky fields of Galilee where he first called them to follow him. The women who went to the tomb, they're claiming that they saw Jesus risen from the dead. And now these guys go to the mountain in galilee to see for themselves whether it's true to see if they'll meet jesus so they come to the mountain and they saw him verse 17 the resurrected messiah and they worshiped him but there's no other response fitting for this this moment or this man is there they worship him but some some doubted the passage says and that that word uh that greek word for doubted kind of is closer to our word hesitated uh rather than than disbelieved so it's kind of like how you might doubt standing at the top of a high cliff about to jump into a pool of water that's that's kind of what it means here by talking about them doubting even for these men right who spent the last three years of their life walking with jesus the reality that they see before them that he's there risen is still beyond their grasp, still beyond understanding. But Jesus came to them. And what did he say? He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. So this is the the first uh, of kind of three headings that we're going to think about tonight. That we go in his authority... we'll think that we go because he sends us and we go with his presence first we go in his authority so a little while back i was at our series in brunswick has anyone been there it's like this kind of urban market garden places chickens and vegetable gardens and a kind of organic fruit shop and a cafe and stuff it's really nice um And in the cafe there, there's this this young guy doing his first shift at the series cafe as I'm buying a coffee. And he's kind of nervously navigating the till uh, as I step up to order my coffee. He's got a a manager standing over his shoulder, kind of helping him as he's not sure uh, what to do. He's trying to find the flat white button. Uh, He's he's trying to work out what he needs to do. After I make my order, I kind of stand off to the side uh, while my coffee gets made. And then the person behind me in the line steps up to the front of the line uh, to make her order. It's a woman holding a laptop uh, and a portfolio book under her arm. And her eyes are kind of moving around the room. She's talking to a guy with her wearing a fancy suit. And as she steps up, she sends suit guy over to sit at a large table uh, at the side of the room that's got a big closed sign on it. And this, this nervous young guy on the till looks even more nervous, and he kind of does this helpless half gesture towards this, the guy and the table. It's kind of uh, looks back at his manager. And then the woman steps forward and she says, "Hi, I'm Jill. I'm the CEO of Series. Welcome to the team. Could you please make that table available for us?" At which point, he's not really in a position to say no, right? Or Jesus steps up to his disciples here, and he says, hi, I'm Jesus. I'm the king of the universe. Go and make disciples for me. This is not a command to say no to, is it? Go and make disciples. All authority in heaven and on earth is his. He's the resurrected king. So when he says go, we go. But Jesus' authority here, it isn't just, it's not like a a despot kind of authority. It's not just authority to force us to jump up and obey his command. right? It's authority that also powers us in our task as we obey him. It's authority that assures us of the ultimate success of the task that he gives us. And it's authority that isn't just over us who are sent, but also authority over those who we are sent to. And the task that he's giving his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, to do that task, to complete that project, we need all of Jesus' authority, don't we? He's commissioning these 11 guys on a dusty hillside in backwater Galilee to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. It's a project that can only possibly be achieved with his authority, with his power. These 11 nobodies and a handful of other Jesus followers that there were, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. It's a beyond understanding, beyond reasonable mission that he's giving them. But it's happening, right? This mission is coming about. From these 11 followers, those handful of women who ran to the grave that morning, there's now about two and a half billion followers of Jesus. It's the world's largest faith. It's increasing in every day and every generation. It's the pattern that we read in 1 Thessalonians 1, that other passage that you've got there in front of you. The gospel came to that community, passed from these 11 guys to others, to others, to this community. Not simply with words, but also with power. Right? with the authority of Jesus. And that gospel, powered by that authority of Jesus, turned their lives upside down. They were transformed and the Lord's message rang out from them to the world around them. That generation by generation transforming wave of gospel power through individuals and through communities gathered around Jesus flowed into them and through them and out from them. And continues to do so until a whole world is transformed. This seemingly impossible mission is coming about, right? But it's not a completed mission. Two-thirds of the world's population don't know and love Jesus. We still need the authority, we still need the power of Jesus to propel us in this mission. So we we go in Jesus' authority and we go because he sends us. In his wisdom, in his grace, in his determination to be glorified in the heavenly realm, Christ chooses us to complete his mission. It's so easy to to just kind of receive that unthinkingly, but that's remarkable. He, the God of the universe, draws us into his his eternal saving work, like a father inviting his child to help him cook dinner, right? He doesn't need the child. His child is likely to make it more complicated and messy. I can tell you that from cooking Mother's Day pancakes this morning but he still invites and, and supports and encourages and cares for us. And God calls us, you and me, to be part of his, his cosmic plan to glorify his son and to save the world. As Jesus here calls us to make disciples of all nations, he's not really so much meaning like modern nation states in the way that you and I are familiar with. But people groups, that's, that's what that word means. It's the word ethnos, make disciples of all ethnic groups. It's the culmination of this kind of unfolding theme throughout Matthew's gospel, indeed throughout the whole Old Testament leading up to it, of, of God's global plan beyond the people of Israel to the ends of the earth. It's difficult to capture in numbers, but by one pretty good measure, there are about 17,000 people groups in the world. 17,000 kind of ethnos groups in the world. And more than 6,000 of them are unreached, which which means there are so few believers there that there's no self-sustaining church indigenous to that group six thousand people groups that either have no christian community at all or one so small that it relies on outsiders to keep it alive god will call some of us here in the room to reach some of those six thousand people groups some of you will go one day from here to the ends of the earth with the gospel to make disciples of jesus Others of us will stay here, making disciples here, sending others out. Right, we're already at the end of the earth, right? Melbourne is a long way from Galilee. And there are so many people around us here who don't know Christ. Those who go out to share the gospel, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth to reach those unreached people groups will be following a line of gospel missionaries that goes back generations and centuries all the way back to those first followers of Jesus. It includes ancient monks going to unknown lands with no hope of return, medieval traders taking the gospel across Europe and Africa and Asia, preachers sent out to tribes who had killed all before them, travelers smuggling Bibles into dark places Jesus' vision is for a global church enriched by its diversity of people from every nation and tribe and tongue, every ethnos see see his command here have a look at it uh, in front of you in your Bible or, or the sheet there the disciples, what are they to do? They're to teach those that they reach to obey everything I've commanded you, obey everything Jesus has commanded. That includes this, doesn't it? These disciple makers are to teach others to be disciple makers. There's a kind of implicit generation on generation forward movement here. And in that way, each nation, each people group receives and propels the gospel with its own kind of richness and and expression. That's why the 6,000 people groups is such an important measure. We want every people group on the planet to have a thriving and growing and locally led church with its, its unique expression of Christian faith and, and worship and life. But in some ways, in some ways that's kind of a, an outrageous thing to say, isn't it? In our multicultural relativistic world Jesus calls us to give ourselves to devote our lives to persuading people from other faiths to leave their faith and believe in Jesus instead there's no there's no hiding from that we're not people who believe that all religions are equal That there are lots of ways to connect with God, to know God. That what really matters is is how you live your life. No. Those are lies. There are half-truths in them. They sound kind of good. But Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. The only way for anyone... To have life eternal and life to the full now is to know and love Jesus. And that's as true in Saudi Arabia or Japan as it is in Australia or anywhere else. We must make disciples of all nations because we love them and we want them to have life. We go. Because Jesus sends us. We are God's chosen instrument to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. We're we're it, right? We are God's plan A. To bring the world to to know and love and follow Jesus. We go because he sends us. And in, in his providence, right? In his sovereign rule over this world. God's been sending us all along. Because he sends us, because he sends his followers, the gospel was taken by the Apostle Paul and others to to Rome, the heart of the Roman Empire, from where it exploded across the ancient empire, along the newly invented, invented Roman roads, which connected that world, carried by people like you and me. Because God sends us, Martin Luther's rediscovery of the biblical doctrine of of grace and the reformation which he launched was made possible by the new technology of the printing press. For the first time, the Bible and other literature could be mass printed, not just written by hand, and could be taken to the ends of the earth at a far greater scale by people like you and me. Because God sends us Charles Spurgeon's ministry occurred at the time that the telegraph made worldwide communication possible in in a moment instead of in months. His sermons were, were telegraphed and printed and distributed around the world. In one story, a murderer waiting to be executed in a prison in South America was given a copy of a Spurgeon sermon carried by someone like you or me and got saved. Because he sends us, God raised up Billy Graham, one of history's great preachers, whose wife we talk, talked about last week, right as the, technolo- the new technology of television enabled his sermons to be broadcast across the whole world, directly into homes. One of uh, our UniChurch members, Fred over here, told me about the time he got saved when as a 13-year-old boy, he was watching TV, a Billy Graham sermon came on. He got up to, to change the dial, which he had to do back then. And as he walked towards the TV, Billy Graham said, stop, don't change the dial, this is for you. And, and Fred got saved. Because, because God sends us... The great British preacher John Stott's ministry occurred right as the British Empire was was handing back or ceding power to, to nations and national leaders throughout its former empire. And young leaders of many of these newly independent nations came to Britain to be educated, came into his church. John Stott sent them back to their own nations as empowered gospel leaders ready to grow the church there. What's, what's God doing now? How is God sending now? Where is God sending us now? Well, we, we live in, in a highly multicultural melting pot of, of ideas and people groups where countless young people especially come here to, to study and to work, to build their worldview before returning home to to countries across the world and at UniChurch we've got this wonderful opportunity to, to reach and to disciple, to train and to send out people to the ends of the earth just as, as they go back to their home countries some of you here that's, that's your story right if you're from a culture uh, an ethnos which is gospel poor or, or perhaps even unreached then you are in a remarkable position to obey Jesus' command to go. If if that's you, see yourself in God's plan. Get, get prepared, get ready while you're here, and then go. Go with the gospel sink down deep roots into jesus here into christian friendships into serving god's people so that when you go you can bear fruit for jesus that's the big story that that determines the narrative of our lives The story of, of God sending the gospel to the ends of the earth through us that 's the story that, that shapes our lives. We all live according to some story right some some script, some path laid out in front of us and our stories they, they shape the decisions that we make the people we become what we, what we aim ourselves at so if you 're a follower of Jesus then you 're story, the story of your life, is to take your place in the global mission of the resurrected Lord Jesus. It's to be sent by Jesus. You are one of countless millions of followers of Jesus, sent by him to flood the earth with the good news. God might use you in a way that historians write about or he might use you in a much more normal way to reach those around you and grow his kingdom. It's it's normal, but it's extraordinary. What might that look like for you? Jesus sends his disciples out in Matthew 28 here, before ascending to heaven to be with the Father, to prepare a place for them. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And then, as they, as they look at him... As they look at the scars on his head and his hands, they look into his eyes for the last time before he goes to heaven ahead of them. His very last words to them And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, as as you go, as you're sent by Jesus, you don't go alone. The one who has authority over all of heaven and earth goes with you. You're never alone. So if you're here tonight and either you haven't decided to follow Jesus, or that's a really new decision for you, you're a new disciple of Jesus, then the first step that Jesus lays out here is is to get baptized, right? It's the first response to the gospel that we're called to. We're we're baptized as a mark of our new life with Christ and as membership into his family. So if you haven't yet, then get baptized. Talk Talk to me, Larissa, after the service if you think that might be you. After that, then maybe you feel... Excited about taking the gospel to the ends of the earth, making disciples of all nations. Maybe you feel nervous about it. If, if you're excited, if you want to be sent to make disciples of all nations, then we, we want to help you. We want to help you discern what that might look like, how God's uniquely positioned you and, and gifted you and equipped you to take your place in his plan. We've, we've got opportunities kind of in our life at Uni Church to help people think this through, what it might look like to take your place in God's great plan of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. If, if you're interested in kind of hearing more about what those opportunities are, how you might explore further, what it could look like to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, come, come talk to me or shoot me a message or one of the other staff. We'd love to talk more with you if you feel nervous or um, it feels kind of beyond where you're at now, if the idea of going and making disciples of all nations fills you with apprehension rather than excitement, then I think our passage tonight provides great encouragement and and comfort for you. Jesus' commission here, his sending, his command to go, is sandwiched between his authority and his presence. His authority and his presence. He never calls you to do anything that he doesn't rule over. He never calls you to go anywhere that he doesn't rule over. He never sends you anywhere that he won't go with you. So just start small. If you're not supporting any global mission partners, Start supporting one with prayer or even financial support. In the the church foyer uh, to the right when you leave this room, there's a board uh, with some information about some of the global mission partners who we support at St. Jude's, people who are taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Sign up for one of their prayer letters. Sign up to partner with them financially. If you're not sharing the gospel with anyone, just identify one Relationship, one person in your life who you love and would love to meet Jesus and and pray and share the good news with them. If you're not serving God's church, find one way to start serving. This is the, the call of Jesus come follow me, remain in me, become like me, go for me. So will you do it? Will you walk the days of your life as a disciple of this Jesus? Will you turn the world upside down for him? I'm going to pray that you would. Would you pray with me? Jesus, all authority in heaven and earth is yours. And so we, we worship you, we exalt you, we love you. Send us, send us here in the room tonight to the ends of the earth with your authority and your presence to make disciples of all nations. Send that wave of gospel transformation through us to every people group, every person who doesn't know you. We pray, Lord, that you would use us to turn the world upside down, bring your great gospel project to completion. We pray it for Jesus' glory. Amen.